Hey folks, this is actor-musician author Scott Schiaffo here, best known to you indie film fans as the Chulies Gum Guy from Kevin Smith's Clerks, and as Travis Lee from Brian Johnson's film Vulgar. You're listening to Throbbing with Aura. you gore fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am always by greg of the dead how you doing man i'm good how you doing i'm really great um i'm loving like we just did the bonus episode which had the great uh felissa rose bumper and now we got scott schiaffo from vulgar and clerks a couple of my favorite movies to do this one bold of you to assume that i can find that bumper on my computer <laughs> if not it's going to be me doing a bad scott schiaffo no, impression. <laughs> I did not already download it no. yes yeah that was so great like when he said that he would do that um i was overjoyed <laughs> yeah scott's a good dude um but what are the list? what are we talking about this week brett oh this week we are talking about uh vulgar from 2002 Written and directed by Brian Johnson. Um, he didn't uh, produce it, so he didn't get the Edward trifecta. But it was produced by Kev Smith was one of them. So. Yeah. Was Scott Mosier one too? Yeah, I believe Scott Mosier was. And then there was someone else. Uh, yeah, Kev, Scott, and then Monica Hampton. Look, this, this movie has a really cool thing to it. Like, look, let's be honest. If... Just a random person pitched this to a bigger studio. There's no way this is getting made. But this is also fresh off the clerk's heels. And so, like, they, like, Kev and his whole crew struck gold. And they're like, oh, we got more. And Brian comes along, who's same background and everything. And I don't think anyone was expecting this much of a departure from that. No. um, And especially, like, now we would, like, listening to, like, I mean, there's close to 500 episodes of Tell Him Steve Dave that Brian's on his podcast. Yeah. So, like, listening to that much of him now, it makes sense that he would make this kind of movie. But just knowing him as, oh, that's the guy that's, uh, that's Steve Dave. Like, the guy that barely even talks in the movies comes up with this. It would be like. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, I imagine it took people by quite the surprise. If you listen to Tell Him Steve Dave, or honestly, even if you've seen Comic Book Men, you get like a little bit of a darker humor toned down very much, but still, maybe not as surprising then. But just as Steve Dave, and you find this movie later, I know this came out before actually any, I think any of the Steve Dave stuff was introduced. Maybe Mallrats, I'm not sure. Oh, no, uh, it was after Mallrats, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was originally filmed in 98, I believe. It was either 98 or 99, because Brian was talking about it like, very like a long time ago on the podcast about like it took them a little while to get it released because he said he went like working he went back to work at Domino's and he was like I was just a director of a movie now I'm back at Domino's like serving pizza <laughs> yeah that's the fate of most directors though yeah who don't like hit the big but he worked out for him in the end oh um, god yeah well so this is 2000 correct the release uh, I saw, I, on Letterboxd it says 2000, on Google it says 2002. 
Okay, good. So we got the same. So what I can tell is it had an original release of 2000, wide release of 2002. Okay. So what, for the title, I'll put 2000, I'm thinking. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Before we kick it in, do we want to play our little special thing we got? Yes, 100%. Like, not only, like, well, you um had originally reached out to Scott. Yeah. So I, I got a hold of Scott. And I'm like, this is what I just asked him for originally. I said, maybe at the end, throw a something about throbbing with horror and he threw both he's like well here's a bumper you can use on anything what you heard earlier and then i said if you had any stories about on set or anything you want to tell and you don't mind we'd love it and he sent this so yeah there it is hey good people this is actor scott schiaffo who played travis lee in brian johnson's film vulgar and indeed i have some pretty great memories of the set and some shenanigans. If you recall, when Flappy the Clown saves the day and tackles Travis Lee through the screen door, that was not written that way in the script. In the script, Flappy was to grab a sledgehammer from the garage and slam Travis Lee in the kneecap with it, which was kind of wacky enough. I was, wasn't sure how they were going to pull that off stunt-wise. But the day of the shoot, they conjured up an entirely different thing, which worked out so much better, but was equally as scary because it required some real stunt work, which thankfully, Brian O'Halloran, who is aces with this type of stuff, uh, he pretty much took the lead and I just followed his lead as he tackled me through the door. What they did was they nailed the screen door shut. It's a wooden screen door, wooden frame. They nailed it shut so that we literally had to go blasting through it. He had to tackle me through the screen door so you would see pieces flying and splinters and such. And then we would more or less uh, bounce on the off of the stairs of the front porch and onto a big mat they had for us to fall on so nobody would get hurt. But it was still pretty crazy. And, um, you know, Brian is a pretty solid fellow, and he's pretty big. And uh, I just had talked to Brian, and he said, you know, follow my lead. When I tackle you, just go with it, which I did. And then we went blasting through the screen door and then onto the mat. Of course, what you see in the cut is after we go through the screen door, we are falling onto the ground, and then the police kind of uh, engulf Travis. He's pretty much tackled by a handful of police at that point. And then he's uh, obviously taken away. But that was a a very exciting day on the set. And they also had an ambulance on standby, which was pretty scary. (laughs) But what character actor doesn't want to have a standoff with the police in a film and literally, you know, uh, shooting it out? It was awesome. You know, guns and all. Okay, yeah, I, when I first, like, I woke up the next morning after we had, were talking about this, and you were like, oh, I'll reach out, and I figured, like, maybe we'll hear back w- from him in, like, a week or two, but he was very, like, the next morning we had it, and I got to listen to that, and I couldn't have been happier, like, I played it for Liz, I played it for my parents, I was like, oh my god, and they were both definitely, like, very, like, that's great for you, Brett, but they're, you could definitely tell they're like, okay, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was the same. I did the same thing for Anne. I played it for her. And she goes, "I don't know this clown movie." 
Yeah, I, I even like uh, like preempted it with like, I know that this doesn't mean anything to you, but this is a big deal to me. And she's like, let me listen to it, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but one more time, I legit want to say thanks, Scott. That meant a lot. And it was actually cool hearing the story because I didn't know any of that. So it was cool to know. Yeah, me neither. Because I've had, I've gotten to meet him a couple times when he's yeah. been at cons around where I live, and he's always been a super nice guy. Like I got, I have a huge vulgar poster hanging right beside my podcast desk that he signed for me. Oh, cool. Well, that brings me to my next point, Brett. Yes, you have given me some flack throughout our time as a podcast. Yeah, about what counts as horror, right? Okay, defend yourself. Well, I mean, this, you cannot say this is not horrific. It's horrific. This is more horrific than Predator. I I don't Come know. on. I legitimately don't know if I can say that. Uh, I would say this is more... Because Predator, it's like... I At don't least know. Predator, you die. Yeah. Oh, um, real quick. Should I throw the disclaimer up? Oh, well, yeah, 100%. Uh, this movie does deal with some stuff that I'm, no judgment whatsoever. If you guys skip it due to this, by all means, if you skip it for another reason, screw you. But no no judgment <laughs> at all. If you want to skip over it, this does deal with some content, uh, rape and things like that in this movie. Similar to a wrong turn or something like that. I think the wrong turn. I'm thinking uh, Last House on the Left. But anyway. Or, or Deliverance. Thank, yeah, thank exactly. Anjos. Yeah, so like it does deal with that. So that's something you don't want to listen to. By all means, not judging you. That's my disclaimer for it. We'll be back next week, if not. Right. This is um probably. I wonder if this is one of the most extreme movies we've covered yet. Extreme is a weird term because I don't think we have many movies that couldn't be considered extreme in some right. way or another. But I know what you like, mean. This one is so like a lot of them. It's like, oh, there's a slasher killer coming, or like, oh no, there's a scary ghost that's naked and following me around. A suscubus. I don't know. The shunting was pretty. Oh, the shunt. Yeah, the shunt. Well, especially me with my body horror thing. When I was rewatching that again, I was just shaking my head, being like, oh my god, like someone filmed this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll jump well, into it here. So this movie starring Brian O'Halloran of Clerks fame. You may know him. He was Dante in Clerks. Uh, he's been everything in all these kind of movies. Yeah, he's. A, I think he's in every, he almost every Kevin Smith movie at least. And I love the trope of the View Universe, where every person that Brian O'Halloran plays, his last name is Hicks. So they're yeah. all related to each other. Gail Hicks, Dante Hicks. Yeah, I love those little things like that. And I love too, like there are certain parts of this movie that do ground it in the View Askew universe. Um, Walt Flanagan's dog. Walt Flanagan's dog. There's just little certain lines like that that I'm like, what's the one? Uh, Caitlin Bree's uh, like stripper ad in the uh, paper. Yeah, you're right. Real quick, if you guys don't know, View Askew universe, if you're more just horror, not into that is like Kevin Smith, Jane, Silent Bob, World of Movies, like all interconnected and interwoven stuff. Right, it's um basically, and some of them are just held together because Jane, Silent Bob are in it, and there's like a couple little references. Other ones, it's like, like Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back, is just woven in, like, Well, that's the combination of it all, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get the whole clown nose opening credits, um, which is all the credits playing over this little rubber red clown nose laying there. 
Yeah, and it's very, it's like that kid, like, da, 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 kind of music. But then it starts to, like, distort, and it gets all creepy. I, yeah. I really enjoy this opening. I want to know, like, this opening scene. This does scream 90s to me, and that's not a bad thing. Like, everything from the dialogue to the, whoa, how do I end up in this crazy situation right at the beginning of the movie and everything is very 90s to me. Yeah, oh, 100%. Which I and love. that's not a diss at all. No, That's I love a, the 90s feeling. Yeah, I love the 90s feeling of it. And I love how it opens because this movie is all over the place. It opens as like, I mean, it's like a wacky, like almost buddy comedy of like these two friends and one of them's a clown and oh, is he going to get a real job? You know, not far off from um, Brian O'Halloran's role in Clerks of him falling out of the closet randomly first thing in the movie. Oh, yeah, I love that little nod. <laughs> Yeah, so like the whole him opening, there was obviously what appears to have been a wild party, but no, that's just his trashy neighbors. Yeah, the neighbors that seem to live outside and sometimes inside of his car. And I love the one, like Brian O'Halloran, well, what, let me see what's his name. Will Carlson. Will gets in the car and he's like, oh, I'm late, I'm late. He's all decked out in his clown stuff. And then the guy wakes up in the back, like he seems completely hung over. He's like, oh, what's going on? He's like, what are you doing in my car? He's like, you let me sleep here. He's like, no, I didn't. And then he's mad at him that it's not comfortable in the back seat. <laughs> he has a point. If he did tell him it was comfortable, I'd be mad too. But yeah, he's late for this party because he's a party clown. What is this water ballooning, Brett, that we see several times throughout this movie? I just think it's just general kid hijinks, especially back in the day before like I mean, I don't want to be grandpa, but before like the internet and cell phones were really like prevalent i remember standing on the street corner with my friend and just screaming at cars when they drove by just because you were super bored and you had nothing else to do yeah i guess so i remember throwing water on my neighbor and my parents made me go over and apologize to him but i do love that um i think i sent you that snapchat because i that's like one of my favorite scenes is he's like do you know a happy place and it's just so out of nowhere where the, you know these guys are like oh this is perfect <laughs> he just has a shit life <laughs> it's like one of those days from hell, but apparently that's just his life because he gets to the party and the dad is getting arrested. Yeah, uh, played by uh, Scott Schiaffo, and that was Travis Lee, which is a pretty great, it sounds like a serial killer type name. Yeah, and he comes back. Yes, which, um, yeah, Travis Lee has like, basically he's beaten his wife at his daughter's birthday party, like, complete scumbag of a character he's a piece of shit not scott but travis lee the character yeah the character is scott is amazing yes um but then the party obviously doesn't happen flappy is his clown name leaves and he's at dinner with sid played by director of this flick brian johnson which i have to say i love not dinner i'm sorry at a diner Yes. Um, and I ha Brian does such a great job in this movie. Like he's an actual good actor, at least with like the material that he wrote. And he wrote all this. I love his dialogue. Yeah, he's not bad. It's exactly what I think Brian would write, and so it makes sense. So it seems realistic. Yeah, the dialogue is real sharp. It seems like actual like conversations you would be having with a friend, you know. Yeah, if you were going around doing all these clown parties and not getting paid for all of them, I'd probably be having the same conversation with you. Yeah, where you're like, Brett, come on, man, you're making like $200 a month. 
like how are you eating and paying insurance on that little shit box out there? And I love how he's like, I'm not exactly paying insurance on that shit box, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> Why and, would you? Uh, I want to point out something, too. Did you notice, like, because I love diner food. Like, we've been I to do, diners do you know together. That. that food looks amazing when they serve it. It's just like a normal breakfast. But something about it, I'm always, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I want some sunny side up eggs, bacon, and toast. I want to point out that Will slash Flappy, I will call him both names throughout this, so that's your, if you're confused, um, is still in full clown regalia at this point. <laughs> yeah, sitting at the bar of the diner, like that bar that's at the very front, just like, and they're just talking like there's no, like, nothing wrong here. <laughs> yeah, like, if you don't have a change of clothes, okay, I can see him being in the outfit You'd think he'd take the wig off, maybe wipe some of the makeup off as much as he could. Nope, he's all in. Well, I also I like to think that there's such regulars at this diner that everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's Will, you know? Yeah, they're used to it. He's down with the clown. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention that Ken was obsessed with Juggalos on the bonus episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was he a Juggalo. Talking. We talked about them a lot. Yeah, he kept talking about Juggalos, like, and he kept being like, that's my buddy, that's the Juggalo I'm talking about, him right there. Yeah. And it's just some random guy in a picture, we're like, okay. It was his token Juggalo friend. Yeah, he's like, I know a Juggalo. <laughs> yes, if you didn't listen to the bonus episode, my apologies. Um, but so, next we get this mom scene, and holy oh. shit, what a terrible mom. The one of the shittiest moms, like, oh, like Carrie level shitty mom. Almost, you know. Yes, it is very Carrie level shitty mom. Um, did you ever watch the commentary on this? I did a very long time ago. Okay, I was wondering if you like got any like anything about this scene from that. Oh no, I mean I especially like listening to like years of telling Steve Dave like we have and Brian talking about his mother. I can see where, like, his mom wasn't that extreme, I would say. I say, none of the stories that I got made it seem this bad. Well, no, nowhere near that bad, but I'm almost seeing it as, like, an extreme caricature of, you know. That's, I, I was curious, but that's kind of what I was hinting at, but I didn't want to go there, but um, <laughs> she, she says, he makes her wish she took a short trip down the back alley. What is this referring to? I have two two scenarios this is referring to. Well, definitely, it's definitely one hundred percent. I wish you were aborted. Okay, that's one. The other, does she wish the husband used the back door? Oh, that's true. That's another way where Brian is a fucking clever wordsmith. I could see him doing that. You get what I'm saying? It could yeah. honestly go either way. He wish he went to Brown Town. <laughs> yeah, you know, saying like your mom should have swallowed you, just a more extreme or, version of that. Or the well, my dad used to tell me this one when I was like really little. He and he he was fucking with me. Like my dad loves me, but it would be um the best part of you drip down your mother's thigh, and I'd be like, what does that mean? And he'd be like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so mom's just shaking is. her head. It's just like Jesus Christ, Rick. We have a few other things. Like, you see him looking through the paper for jobs. Like, he's obviously starting to take Sid's talks and his mom's talk to heart and everything. And then we cut to lunch with Sid. And Will has had an epiphany. A new idea. Yeah, well, he's looking through jobs. And it's like, okay, recreational center uh, person. He's like, no. And that's a callback to Walt Flanagan working at the rec center. Um, There's a couple others. He's like, office manager? Hell no. 
And then he goes to like the weird classifieds where it's like, watch me fuck your, I'll watch you fuck my wife. And then it's something about like, you supply the, was it toilet brownies? I'll eat them or something. <laughs> yeah, it was all things that would not be printed in the paper. Oh no, because yeah, it's literally like, and they show the paper and the word fuck is printed in the paper. It's funny as hell. <laughs> um, So his epiphany is, I'm going to run this the best I can. You stop me if I make any mistakes. Okay. Um, He's going to still do the clown thing. But when, like, at a bachelor party where you'd hire a stripper, the groom's sitting there all ready for the stripper to come in, and in comes the clown in full stripper gear, but still the clown makeup, and bam, his hairy ass right in his face is, I believe, the phrase he used. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I love how they're sitting in, like, a fancy restaurant, and... Uh, Will is basically screaming this at the top of his lungs, and everyone is like turned around looking at him. And Sid, the entire time, is like, "Man, just quiet down." Or did you eat crack for breakfast? <laughs> I O'Halloran's delivery of the "bam, my hairy ass right in his face." I don't know why sticks with me so much, but it's perfect. Well, because I've had those ideas that are terrible, but you think they're amazing until you tell somebody, and like you're so overjoyed about it, and they're just looking at you like. What the fuck are you talking about? Hey, let's do an episode on Veronica. You know, something like that. Or Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> exactly, yes, we've had these ideas. <laughs> um, And what was, was it Family Guy or South Park that had the bit about when they say the title of the movie in the movie? Oh, uh, Family Guy, where they're like, like, he said oh, it, he said, he said it. it, he said it. I still do that to this date ever since I saw that. So and do I. <laughs> when Sid slash Brian Johnson goes, what you're proposing is vulgar. I'm like, ah, they said it. Ah, ah, there it is. There it is. They said the title of the movie in the movie. Yep. Um, I also have to point out, I love like how Brian wrote the waitress where she could not give less of a fuck at all. Like, it seems like she wants to get fired because she's like, she comes up to the table. She's like, what do you want? And uh, Will is like, oh, hi, how you, he's like, starts being nice. And she's like, stop it. Order. <laughs> We've all had those, though. You know what I mean? Oh, 100. It was just so funny and like such a great little care, like background character thing. When we were doing the band thing, uh, we were, I think we were on tour. No, we were on tour. We were just playing a show far away. And we came back and we stopped at this like Denny's. But you could tell it wasn't like, it was like a franchise Denny's, not like a normal uh, Denny's proper right. and they tried to hold us hostage because their credit card machine stopped working and we had cards and they're like no you gotta stay here or you can write down your credit card information <laughs> I'm like I am not doing that and that's what this waitress reminded me of it's like yeah I am not giving you free access to all of my money yes the the, the stone dish boy in the back no thank you it's, oh fuck man I can go buy more weed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he's on he's is the clown named Vulgar now? The stripper clown? Yes, his name is okay. Vulgar, because later on in the movie, the triple, the triplets uh, <laughs> call him Vulgar. Okay, so we have Flappy, Will, and Vulgar, who are all the same character. Yes, which I have, because I've met Brian O'Halloran multiple times, I have autographs of him as Flappy and as Vulgar. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Does he have, like, Vulgar stuff at his table? I mean, oh, yeah. Vulgar the clown stuff? Yeah, he has, um like, prints from the movie. He sells the DVD at his table. That's how I got yeah, I've my seen copy. Him do that. I meant, like, but him as the stripper clown. Yeah, he does. I have, uh, oh, cool. well, it's not, like, the full body. It's just the headshot, but 
Okay, I so no Harry body, and I wish it was more like centerfold esque. <laughs> yes. Um, so he has his first gig as Vulgar the Clown. He's very excited. He goes to the CD motel to room 37. Snoogans! <laughs> yes. Um, and he knocks over. I think he's like, oh, boys! And he's attacked right away. Yeah, he comes in. He's in character. He's like, oh, boys! Hello, I'm here! And then they just see, uh, it's this older guy just, like, kind of in the shadows sitting there looking very creepy and immediately vulgar is like oh sorry i must have the wrong room and the dad's like not unless you're ready to party and then uh, it's ethan souple or the other guy um tackles him yeah it's look i want to say this too even without this weird nightmare scenario i don't think this is going to go the way he thinks anyway holy shit just real quick I'm on Letterbox and I clicked on because I was like, oh, well, who's the what's the guy's name? Like the other brother, because it's Ed is the dad. Then there's Frankie, who's Ethan Souple from Mall Rats, and he's in My Name is Earl. Yeah. And then there's Matthew Randy, Mayer. Earl, yeah. yeah. Matthew Mayer plays Gino. Guess what Marvel movie he was in? What? Captain Marvel. Who was he? I don't know who he was. It doesn't say, like, exactly. But I was like, holy shit, he's in Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, wow. He's doing well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he is attacked by them, and, well, it cuts away. It comes back to this weird, the dad, I think, is dancing with him? Yeah, the dad is dancing with Vulgar the Clown, and um, the two brothers are dancing with each other, but arguing who gets to act like the clown because at this point vulgar has like gotten hit over the head and he's groggy and kind of stumbling around and, and being force-fed liquor yeah he's being like force-fed vodka and they're like save some for us they're they're mad at him for like and it's like man you're force-feeding it to me but yeah it's very texas chainsaw dinner scene to me yeah so this is a weird thing, because it's hard for me to make jokes about this, but here we go. Uh, not the jokes, but going into it. Waka waka. I don't really know where it goes, but there's a um, point where he has the video camera in his face, and he makes him say, I love to say Cox, and he has to say his name and everything. He's being held at gunpoint. So the camera and that comes into very important play later, so you have to remember he said it on camera. Right, yeah, the, all this is being filmed by Gino, who they says loves his little camera and loves to edit things. Which is a terrible idea if you're a criminal. Oh yeah, this is, well, there's so many of these guys that are so stupid where they want to take, like, mementos or whatever, like serial killers or whatnot, and that's how a lot of times they get caught. Yeah, that's honestly, it's, what what was it, it's process versus product, and yeah. product ones always want trophies. Yeah, they need to be reminded of the event. Yeah. Which, have you ever seen uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Yeah. Um, It reminded me a lot of that. Where in that movie, they get a video camera, and they're, like, videotaping all these terrible things they're doing, like, killing and raping people, you know? Yeah, and cameras are always good for credit scenes, so you show, like, that footage of it. Right, yeah, because it's especially at this time, it's that grainy, like, VHS style, which just makes it look creepier. Yeah, so after the whole gunpoint camera thing, they get him on the bed, 
and the dad says, I'm going to make hate to you, which I know was your favorite line from this movie. It definitely was like, it's because it's such an amazing line. Like it's so well written. And like, because the dad has like this, like 30 second monologue where he's talking like this and he's all intense and I'm going to make hate to you. And like how he delivers it and how the lines are, are just as like a writing and filmmaking part of it are just perfect. It's disturbing as hell. This whole family dynamic is just weird too. It's so fucked up because it's basically, it's this dad and their two kid and his two sons are going around and you can tell they've done this a lot. And the thing is, it's not some like backwoods family that lives like devil's rejects, Texas chainsaw swamp house thing. The dad has a regular house and family. We find out later. Yeah, this is Jersey. You know, it's like right outside New York. This isn't. You know what I mean? Like he has, um, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's his kid or a stepkid, but a wife and they have a, a daughter living with them and everything. You know, it's, it does not, he's not some weird, you know what I mean? He definitely has a double life type deal. Oh yeah. It's definitely a John Wayne Gacy type where he has like the normal quote unquote life that he's puts on. And then he has a secret life of all this depraved shit he does. Yeah. Um, I also have to point out there's so many fucked up lines throughout this time. Like almost immediately when Volger gets knocked out, Ethan Ethan's who play as uh Frankie is like, You daddy's gonna make you do the dog. And da- Ed is like, he doesn't need to know that yet. And it's like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then as soon as like it's about to happen, he's like, I'm gonna make you do the dog, and you're like, Oh god, this is the deliverance scene, like squeal like a pig, boy. This is the deliverance in 1000%. And it's so fucked up when it starts because then it starts to have him like cut to happier memories on the beach, but it goes from like black and white to color and the music gets all fucked up. And yeah, and they stay on this for a while. It's not like a scream cut away. No, it's a good, like, it's not like super long, but it is like. I mean, 30 seconds at least of this going on, which in once this is going on, it's that 30 seconds feels like 10 minutes. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's not Tommy Wiseau, the room sex scene or anything, but no, it's there for a while. You Um, are my rose. You are my rose. You are my rose. (laughs) But he acts like he's going to shoot him, but doesn't shoot him after. And they leave him in the motel room and leave. Yeah, and I like the dad's like he was good, wasn't he? And the guy, and the both of the sons keep being like he's kind of ugly, dad. But this, the the dad's like obsessed with this guy for some reason. Yeah, he definitely gets a real big obsession for him, especially later. Yeah, um, the next like scene is dark. If you, I mean, it's not like that one wasn't, but this next scene is dark as hell. Yeah, where he um, like he stumbles well, motel- I mean, to his apartment and everything. Yeah, where he like drives, he like runs over trash cans, parking. He's like half on the sidewalk. You can tell he's completely out of it, and he goes running into the house. It looks like it's been the next morning, so he's been at that other apartment all night long. Yeah, I'm sure he has, or it went that long. We don't know, right? But regardless, like this is like. I don't want to say good, like I enjoy it, but it's insanely good acting, directing all around right here. Like it depressed PTSD moment and everything. 
Yeah, because there's really no dialogue for, until Sid uh, Brian Johnson shows back up. Where Vulgar, uh, well, I'm going to call him Will again. Will um, just destroys his entire apartment in a rage. He's still wearing the clown makeup and stuff at this point. And then he goes into the bathroom and like smashes the bathroom mirror and is like gripping the glass. And there's all this blood dripping. You're like, Jesus, man, like this is hardcore. He's going to kill himself. He gets in the bathtub with the shard and everything, but he doesn't do it. Yeah, I don't know if, see, this is another part where I'm like, was he wanting to kill himself up until that last second and then he decides not to? Or were they just trying to, like, make you think that he would? Oh, no, I think he definitely was, like, fighting, is he going to or not? Right. When you have the shard, you get in the bathtub, you know, that's like, it feels weird to call, but, like, one of the classic scenarios. Well, yeah, exactly. It's when you think about, like, a suicide, that's one of the ways people do it. Yeah, so that's, uh, I'm positive that's what was going on there. Like, he washes all the makeup off of himself, and then I I believe the next thing is where it cuts to him just sitting in the middle of his trashed room, and Sid shows back up. Well, Sid shows up to be like, hey man, are you alright? You know what this movie does that I appreciate? When a character has to give an explanation of a thing us, the audience, just saw, they don't actually make him give the explanation. Yeah, there's so many movies that would tell you again what had just happened, and it's just a way, it's a time filler is all it is. Um, But yeah, so he tells Sid, tells me he can't tell anyone, and Sid reluctantly agrees. Yeah, because Sid is like extremely pissed, of course, after hearing what just happened to his best friend, and he's out for blood. He's like, we need to call the police, or we need to go after these guys, we need to do something, and Will is having none of it. He's just like, I don't want anyone to know. Like, he's breaking down. He's just like, I want, I had to tell somebody, basically, and I told you because I trust you. But we're not telling anyone else. This is my thing. And that's what he decides to do. Yeah. After that, this is where the movie takes a hard left turn. uh, Tonally, from what it just was. Oh, 100%. Where it was like, happy-go-lucky buddy comedy, and then deliverance happens. And then it goes back to kind of... buddy comedy-esque yeah because so he finally i guess is doing gigs again he needs money he's going to do a party uh so he's in full clown gear again he's flappy going and he stopped at a police roadblock the cops are like there's a hostage situation and it's the house that he went to go do the party at originally nice bringing it back around to the beginning always appreciate that yeah, and this puts it um, basically like ex- almost exactly, well, exactly a year later. So a year has passed now between the events of Vulgar and him uh, going back and having his meet up with um, Travis Lee. Yeah. So Travis Lee, again, played by Scott Schaffo, um is oh. in the house with his daughter um, hostage. Also, and, uh, real quick, we get a cameo yeah. by a very young Brian Quinn as the police officer yelling at Flappy where he parked his car. Yes, we do. For those who don't know, Brian Quinn from Tell Him Steve Dave, you also may know him from Impractical Jokers. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're a horror fan. You also may know him from Victor Crowley in that sense. Right. So, yeah, you see Q there and... <laughs> Buddy, I'll have that toad right out of here when he gets out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he oh. goes in. 
<laughs> oh! <laughs> but I love, like, the cops haven't figured out how to get in here. This rogue clown, though, just goes right through the back window. Oh, yeah, he's, like, extremely, like, you couldn't be wearing a brighter costume. Like, his hat is glittery. Like, yeah, they might... But, like, the way the cops can't get in, it's almost like you might as well be playing, like, the Mission Impossible theme as he just nonchalantly grabs a stepladder and goes in the window. Yeah, stepladder and a sludge hammer, and he's like, I got this. Yes, clown to the rescue. Which, <laughs> I have to mention, I didn't know this, because this is a part of the movie I've always wondered about, where you see Brian O'Halloran, uh, Flappy, pick up the sludge hammer and go into the house with it. But then right before he goes to tackle Travis Lee through the door, he puts the sludge hammer down. So I was always like, why doesn't he keep the sludge hammer until we heard Scott Schiaffo's little bit that he gave us, which I extremely appreciate because it put uh, to rest the thing I've been questioning for years. Even though without that, the way that you simply like write it off is if you're going into a hostile environment, you're going to take something in to defend yourself with. If he decided his best course of action is to tackle the guy, it makes sense to drop the heavy sledgehammer. Oh, I agree. Where and and I like uh, them tackling uh, uh, Travis through the door is much like more cinematic, I would say, than their original idea, where he was just gonna like take his knee out with the sledgehammer. Well, yeah, because anyone can run and tackle somebody, but for him to run up, hit him in the kneecaps with the sledgehammer, almost seems too tactical and like action-y for a guy with no background and such a thing so i think it is the right call what they ended up doing and it's a cool scene because you get to see a clown tackling this guy through a door yes and then after that i believe it's basically smash cut to scott Mosier playing the talk show host like basically covering the story of this hero clown saving this little girl yeah this is really if you're not into the view askew stuff that's it's everywhere throughout this. Oh yeah, Scott shows up. Later, Walt Flanagan shows up, which I love Walt's character and how he plays it. Oh yeah, yes sir. Oh yes, oh yes, very good sir. Oh, would you like a sandwich? Oh yes sir, yes sir. <laughs> but he's on the TV show, he's kind of like a 15 minutes of fame celebrity right now. Yeah, it's like almost like one of those like Jerry Springer type shows he's on. Like those are those 90 shows that it was like daytime talk shows. Has anyone who became, like, a talk show, like, I know this is before the term was around, like, but gone viral from, like, a talk show actually become famous, though? Um, there's that cash, Catch Me Outside Girl, how about that, where, like... Oh, she, Bad Baby! Yeah! yeah where she's worth baby. millions now. Yeah, she might be, like, the one exception where it actually happened. Yeah, because a lot of them, it's like a flash in the pan where it's like, oh, that week, it's like the new clip or whatever. But then they go away. That's the only one I can think of that ever had, like, staying power. I bet you there's other ones that they'd be like, people are sh uh, screaming right now, like, dumbass, you're forgetting about blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't mean hosts or anything. I mean, like, random non-famous guests who went on for something and then remained famous from it. Well, I know um, Doug Stanhope, who's a, like, legendary comedian. Um, I know who Doug Stanhope is, well, Brad. Give just, me a little credit. Just for our audience that might not know. The audience probably knows who Doug Stanhope is. Which, I saw him do live stand-up. He's so funny. But in early in his career in the 90s, he played, quote-unquote, one of the people on Jerry Springer, like, having a fake fight. Yeah. 
Well, he did it as a joke to basically be like, I'm going to fuck with these people. And then they like tried to sue him because they, he told like the truth. Like, yeah, all this is scripted. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is, well, we know I won't name drop it, but me and you have been on a reality show once I'll say kind of tied to this movie, but, and it wasn't fake, but a lot of the things they make it seem like just happened. Don't just happen. They're all planned out well in advance. Yeah. I remember that day. There was a lot of standing around being like, I'm bored kind of. And then they'd be like, okay, now everyone cheer. And it'd be like, okay. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I had a great time. That was one of the most fun days I've had forever, but it's not as these things seem on TV. And it, I remember sitting there with you, like we, because we were there for like six plus hours, and then on the show, it's like less than ten minutes of the actual event, and we're like, yeah, Jesus, like there was so much great stuff we saw them film that was really funny that they just didn't use. His name is Robert Paulson. No one knows what we're talking about now, so we'll jump off that. Um, yeah, this is very obscure. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so Flappy's a local celebrity. This TV exec is golfing with his assistant, and they have their assistant. I don't know who plays the TV exec, but his assistant guy is played by none other than Kevin Smith. Whose character is Martin Ingram. Yes. And their little lackey assistant is played by Walt Flanagan, again of Tom, Steve, Dave, and comic book men, and Viewersk Universe fame. Which, it's so funny, like, listening to Walt, especially, like, in these early days during with interviews, where he's like, I'm not an actor at all. But he's in, like, so many movies, and yeah. he has lines in so many movies. Like, I've got, what, four or five of the characters in Clerks is him. <laughs> yep. Uh, the guidance counselor, the offended man, um, who else we got? Uh, the guy at the beginning who wants the pack of smokes. Yep. Who returns in Clerks 2, and when I saw him, I was like, oh my god, there's Pack of Smokes guy, played by Walt Flanagan. Yes. So, um, during the talk show host as well, the talk show part, the host, like, the next story comes up, and that's when you get, uh, Walt Flanagan's dog pulled a merchant out of a comic burning comic book store, and I'm just like, it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Look, now, don't get me wrong, I love everyone in these scenes. The TV stuff scenes, like, because you have Kev, Walt, obviously O'Halloran and all them. I don't know. This is where, like, it just starts dragging for me, though. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you started off fun, then you went real dark, and now I'm just kind of, well, now what? And it's that way for a long time now. And I, look, if you're, those who don't know, tell them Steve Dave fans, myself included, are referred to as ants. So if any ants are listening, look. I love all the stuff involved in this movie. I can't say I love the movie. Don't don't crucify me over it. I like a lot of the things in it, but when I got to do my job on this. <laughs> See, this is where I go to the exact opposite and I go like where almost I went with uh, Veronica, where I'm just like this everything's great. Just as like this is just like a nice warm blanket of like view askew, tell them Steve Dave. I'm just like, oh, I look at all my friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I love all these people. And I think that I've, you know, I've seen this movie exactly two times. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it the first time I saw it, and then I saw it when we watched it for this. Okay. So I, I don't have a huge love to this movie. I have a huge attachment to a lot of the people in this movie, a lot of the stories to this movie, things like that. Like Scott rules, Bry rules. Quinn, Walt, Kev, everyone. But, I don't know, this part just starts dragging for me bad. 
Well, see, I, I, this is also where, like, it's kind of a montage scene where it's, like, Flappy Will is now, like, the new thing, and then Kevin Smith, uh, fuck, I, I always just use the people's names, playing Martin yeah, Ingram, goes to him and is like, hey, we want to do a TV show around you. And he's like, no, no, there's no way. At first, he thinks he's a bill collector. Yeah, well, they tries to send him away. And then so he like takes them out to dinner. They sign the contracts. And then there's a lot of montage of now like Flappy is becoming the next big thing where they keep alluding to uh, Kev Smith had brought um, Barney to this producer and the producer said no. And he keeps like throwing that in his face. That's how he gets Flappy signed. <laughs> you always hear stories of things that were hits that were turned. I, I know this is a fictional studio and everything but you do always hear about these things that were huge that were turned down by all these studios and you know like all those people immediately quit their jobs when they became huge things well that's like um impractical jokers i remember hearing on the podcast where they were like they pitched that around to a bunch of different networks and a bunch of them said no and then true tv finally said yes and now they're like they are true tv you know yeah well um Look at Star Wars, I think, had trouble finding a home for a long time. Well, I think even the Beatles. Uh, yes, I'm comparing Vulgar to the Beatles. They got told no a bunch. Uh, I'll allow it there. <laughs> exactly the same thing. If I, Actually, if I have to put the Beatles and Vulgar beside themselves, like, which one do you like more? I'm going Vulgar. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, Did you catch the very ironic line during where kev's character was pitching the tv show to him what's that he goes oh you're serious and then marty goes oh as a heart attack yeah oh yeah i i noticed that and i'm like holy shit that's foreshadowing like yeah this made national news so most of you probably at least saw it in passing even if you don't follow this stuff kevin smith had a massive heart attack a few years ago and nearly killed him so i'm watching this i hear kevin smith go oh serious as a heart attack i'm like well, that's Ooh. awkward now. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Which I remember that day when I heard that Kevin Smith had a heart attack. It's like, I understand now when like Christians or something will like cry over like, oh my God, Jesus is dead or something like that. It's like, my <laughs> God almost died. Like, <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Like, I remember being at work and I just couldn't work. And they even asked me like, what's wrong? I'm like, Kevin Smith had a heart attack. They're like, who? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, I quit right now. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he gets the TV show. I love also that he goes to tell his mom, and his mom still wasn't impressed. Well, she doesn't believe him at all. She's like, you need to get a real job. Stop coming to me with these lies. Yes. Um, and Flappy's Funhouse, which is what the TV shows dub, becomes a hit. Yeah, which it reminds me very much of UHF with a Weird Al. It's that same kind of, like, kid variety show. Oh, it reminds me of, like, honestly, like a Barney or anything like that. Yeah. Or, like, a Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse I could definitely see, yes. A Pee-wee's Playhouse isn't for, like, such young kids, but it's same idea. You get it. Yeah. Um, and I love, I do, I do love a good montage of, like, the success and getting the new house and getting a good car. Um, him, him and Sid driving by and throwing bottles at the hooligans who kept throwing them at him. Which I love that they're both of their expressions and they're even nodding. They're like, oh yeah, we got you fuckers. Here's a yeah. fucking bottle. And they're, they're just like, we're so cool. We got sunglasses on. <laughs> like, Yes, that's how you know they're cool now. 
Uh, we also get a cameo from the original stash before 35 Broad Street. I did catch that. Yeah, because did you see the window? Yeah. And we get Ming. Ming's there. I didn't catch Ming. Yeah, Ming is the where the two guys go running to the van and they're pulling the box. They're like fighting over who gets to pull the boxes out of the van of like the new Flappy merch. Yeah, one of them's Ming. God, I know it's too early, but if we got some TSD alumni, I wish we got get them. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, well, if if they had gone to the flea market, that he definitely would have been. If there was like a flea market scene, he's one hundred percent in the background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the the timeline doesn't add up, but still, um, get him would have probably been like, I don't know, he would have been young. Yeah. So the with it's important the montage shows not just a random one because it shows these videotapes going out like the home video version of Flappy's Funhouse, right and. One gets delivered to this house, which is a nice house, like well manicured lawn, good house and everything. Not like I said, random swamp evil house. And it's the kid of the ringleader of I don't know what to call them, the rape trio. Yeah, the well, we had Rapey the Cook for Sleepaway Camp. So the the house what's a good riff on like the three stooges and like horrible rapists? Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. <laughs> but yeah, we. But, this is the return of Ed. And when I saw him the first time I saw this, at this point, because you've gone through some montage stuff, you've gone through some happy stuff, you're not, you're kind of thinking, oh, like maybe this part of the story's behind us now. That's just a part of like his journey or something. Then you see him return. You're like, oh, fuck, we're not done with him yet. Yeah. And he sees the tape and recognizes. And I love the flashbacks in his head. Yeah, where he, um, and I love the daughter starts making fun of him. He's like, yeah, you, yeah, I didn't know you were going to be so obsessed with this, you poop head. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> your daughter's so mean to him. But he's mean to her, too, so it works out. Yeah. Um, and he recognizes him. Will gets a phone call from the rape gang. And they're basically extorting him for money or else they'll release the tape. Part of me is like, dude, release the tape. But then I'm like... He kind of has a point, like, look, it should never be that way if that was released, and now I don't think it would. 90s, I don't know. Yeah, in the 90s, I can see where they're coming from of, like, even though Will is the one that had this done to him and he's the victim, where he would probably lose his kid show. Yeah, like, it's not the image we want people thinking of with their kids. Right. Something and like that. Very different culture and like yeah, there's a very different way, but it's the way things probably were it was a very different pulse then yes and then it also cuts to those three torturing another dude are Which, they like blow torching him yeah do you know who that is no okay his uh his credited name is diaper boy played no other than by edgar johnson brian johnson's father no, that's dad. Edgar. Wait, those are Edgar is the director and Sid from this movie's dad. So, hey, dad, I'm making a movie. Yes, I want you to be in it. Right. You're gonna wear a diaper. Yeah, your your name is Diaper Boy. Weird rednecks. Yeah, and the uh, main like serial like rapist bad guy. His name's Ed. Just like you are, Dad. Yeah, nothing to unpack here. No. Yeah, but I love that little thing of like, yeah, that's Brian's dad. 
That's wild. I never, I didn't catch that. Good catch. Well, I didn't know it until Brian mentioned it on one of the podcasts where he's like, yeah, my dad played Diaper Boy in the movie. And I'm like, wait, who? What the fuck? And then the next time I watched it, I was like, oh, shit, he's that guy. He's the guy that gets blowtorched. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, um, Ed, Ed, the guy, Ed, the ringleader of these troublesome threesome um, is like, this is how I kiss. And I'm going to kiss you all over. Like how this guy delivers lines is really good. And he lights the blowtorch. And then like it cuts to like his there's like soot and stuff on his lips. It looks like so it looks like he's burning him and then kissing him. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. That's Look, what I, I get from it. Say, that is the first death we've seen in this movie. This is one of our longest runs till we hit a kill on the kill count. Yeah, I was thinking that, like, I was probably more than, like, halfway through the movie. I'm like, wait a minute, what's this kill count going to be like? <laughs> yeah, it was at zero until here. Yes. That's all I'm giving you, the free one. I'm not giving you any more. You still have to guess at the end. I think I got this one, but okay. we'll see. <laughs> you always think that, and then I, I emerge victorious. Where it'd be like, oh, there was eight, and you're like, there was zero. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. Yeah. Um, Fucking Krampus. So the whole <laughs> Krampus and Slumber Party Massacre too. Yeah. So buzz, they buzz. schedule a money handoff at a junkyard where he has to ask for the specific car and everything and then leave the tape there, walk away, come back. Leave the money there, walk away, come back. The tape will be there. Yeah, he's, ba- the he's getting extorted for like 50 grand, I believe. Yeah, it it's, it's a large amount of money. Yeah. Uh, he does the whole thing, leaves it there, walks away, comes back. No tape. Right, where he yeah, he gets the realization what's going on and runs back to the car. There's no tape. The money's gone. Yes. Did you really think it was going to work? I just was thinking that he was like, I want to put this behind me. It was already behind me, and these fuckers like, have come back now. He's just like, if 50 grand will make them go away, just I want them gone, you know? Yeah. Well, he's at work in his office at the studio, and one, this is a television studio, correct? Yes, yes. Flappy's Funhouse is also not a local television show. It appears to be nationally syndicated. Oh, yeah, they even, Kev Smith even mentions, he's like, yeah, it's going to be syndicated all across the country from Oregon to Maine. Yes. So, how do these guys get in? Yeah, they sneak into what is basically, like, the hottest kid thing going on right now. Like, a huge star. And very easily get him cornered in a bathroom. Yeah, I... Then there's no, like, the security guard's throat is slit or anything. Nothing like that. And then they just escape, where, uh... Sid, later, where, like, when he finds out what happened, he's like... Oh, did you call security? And Will's like, no, they got away. Which is a little part of where I'm like, eh, maybe you could try a little harder. Yeah, yeah, put a little effort in. You're not on the bottom floor, dude. Yeah. Yeah, shut down the front door, you know, maybe something. Um, But yeah, they corner him in the bathroom and they want him to meet them back at the hotel room because they want to do it again. Yeah, Ed is like, he's like, I want you again and whatnot. And he's like, I will have you. I want to taste you again, he says, which I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that's not right. But okay, um, he and he's telling Sid, and so he goes, well, what did they say? And with the most badass line, uh, Will <laughs> goes, he said he wants us to kill them. Yeah, and I love when, like, right when, like, they have him cornered in the bathroom stall, 
and they like cut his face and ed punches him in the gut and then ed and gino like leave but frankie is still like leaning over him just staring at him until they ed and gino have to come back and be like come on and they like slap him on the shoulder like come on man he's great at playing like the big buffoon yeah which yeah he is good in this movie where it very creepy but he does his job well he just wants to see the sailboat yeah <laughs> why god why which I, and to go back real quick to mall rats and his scene in mall rats i love the scene when he's like uh, a scoo a sailboat is a schooner stupid head and he just goes off he's like you know what there is no easter bunny that over there that's just a guy in a suit like he's yelling at like a seven-year-old <laughs> I, I love that movie so much um but so they go to get these guns who do they get the guns from? I believe this is the last one of these I'm going to have to say the same thing over again with. Right. They get the guns from none other than Jason Muse. Snooch of, to the motherfucking nooch! You guys know who Jay Muse is. Jay and Silent Bob, he's Jay. Yes. Which he does very a very... Jason Muse. Yeah. Um, he does a very good crackhead. Yeah. Um... I love, like, he goes to give him the guns, and the first, like, these ones are really light, these are BB guns. You know, he's like, these ones don't have bullets, and Brian's like, that one's a BB gun. He's like, oh, these ones, they do have bullets, and they yeah. come with these thingies, and Brian's like, silencers. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so funny. Hey, does he hand him a clip, too? He goes, and these things go in them. Yeah, and then I love at the end, he's like, you want any smack? And Brian's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah, it's nice of him to offer. Yeah. He's like, well, you're buying guns. Do you want to, like, rev yourself up a little bit before you go doing whatever you're going to be doing? Yeah. So, we don't get, like, the reveal of the plan, but the plan's pretty obvious. They're going to go in and kill him. They're going to go, like, uh, Will's going to go like he's supposed to, but he's just going to shoot him. Right. Look, I'm not a genius. I am not a smart man. But I know how to fire a gun, but no judgment if you don't but if you don't know how to fire a gun and your plan is to go kill somebody don't you think you'd figure out how to fire the gun first or maybe test the guns that the crackhead gave you before you just jump right into the plan yeah you know like that's kind of plan any plan 101 you know even if you only had like five bullets per gun waste one bullet each just testing them yeah it seems a pretty necessary step but okay so Will goes into the room, and as he goes into the room, uh, sits outside, like, waiting, and he gets mugged as this is going on. Very bad timing. Yeah, because when they're, like, getting, they're walking to the room and getting amped up, and they walk by a bum, and he's like, hey, man, do you have any change for a coffee? And they're like, and he's very much like, nope, sorry, and just keeps going, because, of course, they have other things on their mind. They don't yes. have to worry about you asking for change. That's about to go on. He takes off the trench coat, and... He's got the guns. He goes to shoot him. Yeah, where I love, well, yeah, uh, Vulgar, I'm going to refer to him as Vulgar now again, because he is in that costume. Very um, good. I'm, we, we have to keep this proper. Yes. <laughs> this movie needs to stay proper, Greg. Yes. Um. Yeah, he goes into the room, and basically he got instructed to wear a trench coat and nothing else, because he wants to see those fat, hairy man tits. I believe is what yeah. he called them. It was something like that. No, and you're so right. Yes. He's very slowly and seductively almost unbuttoning his jacket. And then he opens it up and is he's wearing like sweatpants and like a shirt. And Ed's like 
pissed and he makes uh Gino shut the camera off and then he's like okay okay uh let's just do this and at this point is when vulgar pulls the gun out points it at ed but he turns his head away so like he's not even really aiming at him and pulled the trigger and nothing happens and at this point i love vulgar's reaction where he's just like oh fuck like his delivery is just like 100 percent like what it would be yeah it's like i said just bad planning on will flappy vulgar's part yeah and this is at this point gino tackles vulgar and um Frankie has picked up the gun and is like playing with it. And now Ed is on top of Vulgar and Ethan, uh, sorry, uh, Frank, yeah, Frankie points the gun at himself and pulls the trigger and like blows half his face off. Yeah. And they're mad at Will slash Vulgar for it. Yeah. He, where Gino's like, yeah, what did you do to my brother? How dare you have done that to my brother? And it's like, he shot himself in the head. <laughs> Yeah, and it's gonna go bad for Will, because they're about to just, what do they say, I hope you saw the sunrise this morning, because it's the last one you'll ever see. Look, I don't want to say the rapist character has good dialogue, but well, as far as characters like that go, he is written with very good dialogue as an evil, disgusting person. I would put it as the character was written very well for what he had to be. Yeah, exactly. It was well done, like... I'm not saying it's weird. It's like we're talking about Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I said I love this movie so much, but I can't say I like the people in it exactly. I think this guy's written great as a piece of shit. Yeah, you can't just go out and say like, "Oh, he's an A plus raper." You know, it's like you can't put it that way. Yeah, it's like the line from Step Brothers: "I'm not a raper." Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) At this point, Sid, uh, the guy, the homeless person who, like, stuck Sid up is now knocking on the door being like, I have your friend, give me money. And so they open the door and the uh, homeless guy gets shot. What's the, like, movie term for that? Like an ex machina or something? Like, where a thing that no hero accounted for or something saves them, like, randomly? I'm not sure what it's called, but I know what you mean. Yeah, like, it's one of those, like... It's not by any, like, plan or ingenuity of them. And that's not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just a thing. Right. Like, and that's what happens to basically save them. Yeah, where the homeless person gets shot, and then Gino gets shot by the homeless person who had Sid's gun. And at this point is when Ed kind of takes off running. And Sid's like, man, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. I fucked up. We're going to get arrested. And uh, Vulgar is like, no, you go home. Take the video camera, which I'm glad that's a little thing they threw in there is him grabbing the camera because, you know, you would be thinking, oh, that's evidence. Or else it's all for nothing. Right. And so uh, at this point, Sid takes off and Vulgar gives foot chase to Ed. Yeah. And they end up in like an old, like abandoned carnival, like at a pier or something, you know, very killing joke esque, like where the clown character has to be somewhere like this. And I love, too, how they're both, like, like we've said before, we're not judging anyone when we say this because I'm very out of shape myself, but they're both out of shape, kind of, and so they've been running way too long, so they finally both just stop and they're, like, out of breath. (laughs) They're like, okay, this is as far as I can go. Yeah, and leader of, what do you call them, are are Uh, Troublesome Threesome? Yeah, the Troublesome Threesome, I'm gonna say. Yes. Has a heart attack and fucking dies. 
Yeah, which means like because this entire time, especially watching it this time again with like more of a critical eye, I'm like, oh, and not that this is a critic thing, but it's like, oh, Volger never actually killed anyone. No, I always, for some reason, remembered like, oh, Volger kills Ed at the end. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He's on the cover holding the fucking gun, looking all killery. Which is a reason why I do have that poster hanging above, like, my podcast area, because it's such a cool-looking poster. Oh, it looks awesome. Him dying from a heart attack, Brett. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, it just seems like such a, uh, and now the movie needs to end. Look, I'm sure there's some, like, deep, like, well, he never had to kill a man, so, like, he still has his innocence. I don't know, something like that shit, but... I wanted to see him get his comeuppance from Will. Not, I mean, I guess he still technically did because of that whole thing. And that's why he ran and had the heart attack. But you know what I mean? I wanted Will to fucking shoot the bastard. But I also kind of don't mind that Will didn't have to kill anyone because he is like, I mean, he's an emotional person. He's not just some like hardcore hitman. Like he's like the Dante character as well of he, they have a lot of emotion. I don't know how he would have handled having to kill a person. Well, I mean, he kind of went through something traumatic already. I kind of like the man pushed to the brink, like, got there. That's where I thought it was going. And look, the heart attack just seems weird to me. Yeah, it's weird, but I I also don't hate that they didn't make Will a killer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I hate the movie. Right. I hate that he had the heart attack, though. Yeah, it's kind of, it's out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, he has a heart attack and dies. And then cut to Flappy's fun house is still in the air. Flappy's doing a show, and three bad clowns are, quote-unquote, arrested and put in a cardboard jail. Right. He does his show sign-off, which I don't remember what it is. You watch this more recent. What's his sign-off? I don't exactly remember. It's kind of just like, be a good person, brush your teeth, and remember, Flappy loves you. Hogan, say your prayers and take your vitamins. I always said, say your vitamins and eat your prayers. I don't know. (laughs) He does a sign off and then credits. And I love the punk rock version of the Flappy Funhouse theme. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I do too. Oh, it's so it's a this is one of the movies I would definitely set through the credits for because I love that song. <laughs> that song's so good. Also, I love the very last credit listed listed because there's a part in the credits where it said the director would like to thank in no particular order. And right. it's like real things, but like he put little fun little things like something for getting me off my ass doing this it said jason muse for showing up like things yeah. like that but my favorite is the very last one i don't it, remember what the last one is okay well i wrote it down because i liked it so much satan he didn't really do anything but this guy hasn't been thanked since the death of black metal in the 80s <laughs> i love brian johnson man i loved that like hats off you know me and that kind of stuff you throw it over a punk rock cover of like a children's show theme and you're thanking satan in the credits i'm like okay that's cool yeah bro brian johnson bravo man like this whole movie the writing is so amazing the writing and the deliverances of the writing like like the acting and whatnot is just so great and this movie could have easily been one of those of like holy shit this is bad no one's gonna ever see this but the dialogue the way it was written and the performances were just amazing (laughs) oh That's one more in the books, Brett. And you told me you thought you got the kill countdown. Yes. 
Um, now, before we do the kill count, this is my reminder to you people. Leave us a review on whatever you listen to us on. Leave us a five-star review. If you do, I will send you a decal and or some stickers. You send proof to Brett on the Twitter or on Instagram at Throbbing with Horror or Throbbing Horror, depending what platform. Yes. And you send whatever mailing address you want. Brett will send that to me, and I'll get you some cool stuff sent out to you. Yeah, and they're really cool stickers, and we really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Yeah, if you missed the bonus episode, that's where I first threw that deal out. I'll be doing that for about three months, so uh, that's how long I'll keep up, keep my word on that. So if you want some cool free swag, just make sure you send us proof of that five-star review, and I'll get you some stuff out to you. Thank you, Greg. Oh, anytime, Greg. No, I'm going to confuse the people I'm thinking myself, but you're not Greg, I'm Greg. Um, Okay, so the kill count is a thing we do every week where we tally the kills of the movie and we add them to the kills of every movie we've done on the show so far. So, Brett, last week we did Society. Yes, which... And we ended with a kill count of 314. 314 bloody gruesome murders and kills and maims. Where do you think we're at with Vulgar? 318. I believe there were four in this movie. You believe there was four. You want to name off the four? Uh, Well, there is Diaper Boy, who's Edgar. Yes. Then there's Sid, Ed, and Frankie. Oh, uh, not Sid, sorry. Ed, Frankie, and Gino. Missed one. Uh, the mugger. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck, that's right. He does get shot and killed. Yeah, Damn there's it. five kills. Yeah, because there's so many, like, all the kills are, are almost within, like, the same, like, 10 seconds you almost threw me off because i'm kind of like wait i have five written down like oh wait the mugger Uh, yep so we had five in this movie which brings us from 314 with society to now adding vulgar to 319 nice yes so um well every week greg does his kill count i do my rating system and uh i don't like to do stars or anything like that because that's boring and that's like what Cisco and Ebert does, and fuck those guys, because they don't like horror movies, and they shit on Friday the 13th and the 80s. Yeah, they're dead already. Well, at least Ebert said, I don't know about the other one, but fuck them. Yeah, fuck you. Um, so I take something from the movie and rate it that many things, 1 through 10. And I'm trying to think of what I could do for this one. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, what's a really good, like... What's a prop or something for it? Uh, oh, clown noses. There we go. That's, That's perfect. What, I was thinking I'd ever want to suggest it because I want you to come up with it. I have to go through my process where I go, um, for 10 seconds. It's okay. I have an editing tool. Uh, so this going to be one clown nose is this is a shitty, shitty movie. Never watch it. Throw it away. Spit at it if you see it. 10 I is this is. The I've only ever rated, by the way, one movie as a one and Oh, we'll get to that after, but go on. And 10 is like, okay, this is a masterpiece. Like, fuck Citizen Kane. This should be the greatest movie, like, generally, like, that people think of. And I'm going to give this seven clown noses out of 10. I really enjoy this movie a lot. I didn't give it a seven. I didn't think you would. Oh, I feel so bad because I, I, I like Bri a lot. I hope he never hears me say, you know what? But I think I was pretty fair on most of it. Oh, and yeah. this is just like personal taste. I, you know, but I went 4.5 out of 10. Okay. 
I don't hate it. It's right under pass for me. It has a lot of stuff I like, even taking cool cameos out of it. It yeah. still has a lot of other stuff that I like in it, just not enough for me to love it or anything like that. Well, like I said, I've only watched it once before watching it this time because I'm like, I saw it. It's like a rite of passage for any Ant or t- or Viewers Universe fan, but that was pretty much the end of my time with it. I was, I was surprised when you said you've only seen it twice. I've seen this probably close to 10 times. Yeah. So, yeah, I went 4.5. By the way, we did introduce this thing when we did Evil Dead 2 called the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame, which is any movie that we both give a 10 to. Yeah, and which, um, well, what did we, we say? Realized we realized we didn't get ratings at the beginning. Right. And so me and Brett, when we did our road trip, we realized there'd be only one movie that we didn't give a 10 to that we would, and that would be uh, Halloween, the original. So as it stands, there are only two movies in the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame. And that's Evil Dead 2 and Halloween so far. Which is very good company with those two. Yes. I was really hoping Vulgar would go in there too. I Well, you didn't even give it a 10. It well, because I knew there. you weren't going to give it a 10. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, that's why. Oh, I see. It's my fault. Also, we're like, to kind of go, um, now like the main movie part's done. Brian has been talking for years on the podcast about doing a sequel. Yeah, I'm really curious what it'll be like. Well, his original idea he talked about a couple years ago was Vulgar is now like part of a vigilante group in this town. And it was going to be like them fighting crime. But then he didn't really like that idea too much. And I believe ditched that complete oh, entire script. Okay. And uh, that's so we don't know last... what it would be then. What's that? We don't know what it would turn into now. No, that's the last I've ever heard about him really talking about Vulgar, other than like every once in a great while they talk about doing an updated commentary on it. But cool. um, he still talks about every once in a while being like, oh yeah, I'm still like kind of working on a Vulgar too, which I'd be I'm very pro for. that. Like, don't take anything I said wrong. I'm 100% pro and I would still buy a ticket or pay for whatever streaming service needed be to see that. Oh yeah, 100%. I would be way into that yeah um and i want to say i remember remember that uh con that we went to that brian o'halloran was at and i asked him the feces question in front of a room full of people yes and for context of anyone listening go, go on uh well um basically the original copy of vulgar included feces in the rape scene basically which and... they say where's that shit bag at Right. And um, before they even filmed it, they were like, that's too extreme. I believe, and I might be a little bit wrong, but I believe it was Brian O'Halloran that said, that's a little too extreme. We should take that out. I wouldn't doubt it because if he didn't, the MPAA would also. Yeah. Which I was at a con and everyone's talking about like, oh, clerks, this and that. And I believe I the one time I was going to about to ask, but someone cut me off. Because I go, like, in vulgar, and then I got cut off, and then I kind of leaned back, and you were like, no, man, ask the question. Yeah. And um, then I asked, I forget it was if it was, um, it was like, I think I asked if that scene had ever been actually filmed, and he laughed. Where I even had to be like, in vulgar, the original script I heard had a scene um, with, uh, uh, how can I say this? Excrement? I know what you're referring to. Yeah, which I was like, thank you for saving me. And then he kind of yeah. laughed. He was like, no, we never actually filmed that. Yeah, that 
I'm glad. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's vulgar. Um, yeah, it's it's a trip. Um, I don't. I'm not like. It's not like Veronica where I said don't watch it. No, you should watch it. I, I'd say that. If, oh, if yeah. you, I'll I'll clarify. Especially if you're into VSQ stuff, you should watch it. If you like crime horror stuff, I could say watch it. Then don't expect like masterpiece out of it but like if you're into the stuff we're into you'd still probably enjoy watching it right i would say so yeah so that's pretty much i if you're into more like over other style horror like slasher or haunting zombies anything like that i don't know if i can recommend it if you're more into that not as into the crime horror stuff i don't know if you'd enjoy it then but if you are then for sure you could give it a watch right um, so you want to know what we're doing next week? Yes. What do we have next week, Greg? We mentioned uh, this movie in our review of this movie. We did. And it took every bit of me not to blow this early. Yes. Um, we are doing Carrie next week. I'm so stoked because I love this movie. Wait, wait a minute. Did you just say you didn't want to blow too early during our vulgar episode? Well done. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. What don't you want to blow early, Greg? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but next week is Carrie, which I'm excited for. I love this movie. Yeah, this movie. We're doing the original. No disrespect against the remake. I honestly didn't hate it. But um, we're doing the original. Maybe one day we'll do the remake. Um, oh, yeah, I so, would say so. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I forgot to check. But uh, I bought my copy on Blu-ray at the Dollar General like a year ago. So okay. you can find this movie. But yeah, if not, you've probably seen it, too. So you might not need to watch it. But if you do want a refresher on it, you can find it somewhere. But yeah, I'm beyond excited to do that one next week. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. So well, unless what we you got have anything else, man. No, um, check out the other shows on the network. Uh Audio Anxiety Radio Show, Ruthless Ret not Ruthless Retrospective. We don't do anything anymore. Geek Positive and of course we are throbbing with horror. Follow us on all the cool social media stuff. Like I said, you want that free stuff, get a hold of Brett, he'll get a hold of me. Exactly. All right, well, uh, you all have a good one. We'll see you next week, and we hope we've left your brain throbbing with horror.